0: Dear brothers, assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh. Continuing what we have started in the last few weeks, discussing the case of Tawheed, in this book of Tawheed, Kitab At-Tawheed. And we said that Tawheed actually, is the message which is descended to every messenger of Allah wa Taala to call people to believe in the oneness of Allah in three sides: the side of Rububiyyah, (Lordship), the side of Ululihya (worship), and the side of Names and Qualities wa sifat and no one is counted as a manifest unless he believes and acts upon these three kind of Tawheed, or three sects of Tawheed. Kitab al-Tawheed is talking about these in different chapters. We've been through some of these chapters already. Last week we started the, third, the eighth chapter, and we still have some hadith on that to discuss tonight, inshallah ta'ala. The major case we have to put in mind when we discuss this chapter number 8 the case of ruqa and amulets and other things we're not supposed to be taken or attracted by the examples away from the original fact (coughs) He is discussing these examples because they were widely spread in his area, in his area when he authored this book, when he made this book. But that does not mean that only these things he's talking about is the problem. The major case of this case, the case of Ruqa, Amulet, Taweez, other things is dependence. Reliance on Allah only. Whenever there is a problem of reliance, then it is the case of these and others. So, in every area of Islamic world, or this whole world, you'll find that different examples. If the case of Ruqa, or the case of amulets, or other cases, cords, or so on, is not used. In some other areas in this world doesn't mean they have no problem in the case of reliance on Allah wa Ta'ala, which is an Arabic word called Tawakkul. So maybe you find in your area, in your country, in your country, in some other areas, some other countries, different mistakes which contradict with the case of reliance on Allah wa Ta'ala. That's what He's talking about. But He gave us these examples to show. That these are the major cases which is happening in his area, when he was made making this book. So, don't let these examples attract your attention from the major case. Which is the case of relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. As you see, when we discussed last week, the case of yani, amulets. And we said, hang in an amulet actually, why it's done? Because people are really afraid of evil eye, as an example. So they put this amulet or ta'weez to stop the evil eye. It doesn't mean that they are not going to do something different in some other areas. And I told you, as an example, as a joke actually, in some areas, some Arabian areas, they are putting one piece of shoe in their cars. Believing that this pair of shoe is going to defend or stop the evil eye. Also hanging Quran or other things horse, shoe and so on. These are other examples. We do not want to be taken by the examples far away from the original fact. That we are supposed to depend on Allah wa ta'ala, only. The dependence which is worshipping also. As we mentioned when we talked about self-purification last year. Tonight we have the hadith of Rawaiver narrated by Imam Ahmad الله that Muhammad sallallahu عليه وسلم said to Ruwaifair, Ruaifa actually is a Sahabi. His name is Ruaiver Ibn Sabit Al Ansari, And he died in the year of fifty six hijriyah yani then he asked the death of Muhammad about forty something. Years. Ruwafi was told by Muhammad that your Ruwayfi, you the meaning of it is that if you are going to live after me for a while, you will see something strange and different. And he gave him some examples. One of them is tying the beard. Do you see this example now? That's if you see a beard. Lots of people didn't have a beard. So why are they going to tie? However, there was very famous thing happening in the time of Muhammad to Arabs. Arabs that time used to do this tying a beard somewhere or another for one of two reasons. Wither? Because they they have arrogance. They want to be different than the others. So they tie their beard somewhere or another with some ties. So they, they, they show themselves that we are higher than the others. Not every man has a beard. He is a like us so we are so it is a case of arrogance that's one case or the other reason is the beard is good looking so he's afraid of evil eye, so he changed the looking of the beard so people will not give him an evil eye again to say don't be attracted by the example go back to the original case what is it reliance dependence on Allah now if he is doing this as an arrogance, this is an act of shaitan. Because arrogance is shaitani act. It's done by a when he refused to bow to Adam alayhi salam because he was thinking that he's better than Adam. And he said this, as Allah told us in his holy book, So I'm better than him. Why should I bow for him? So if it's an arrogance, this is the case. If it is the other case, which is being afraid of evil eye then he is depending on something that is not really a good reason to depend on if he thinks that just tying the beard will save it independently from the evil eye this is major shift and he is out of his life. if he thinks tying the beard is only a reason to save him from evil eye while Allah is the one who is going to protect him subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a minor shirk because it's not a true or a valid reading. So Muhammad صلى الله عليه is to tell people that this is not accepted as with the end of the hadith The second case is whoever puts, يعني, a cord or string, whether in the neck or in the hand or in the leg or anywhere else. Again, to say, if he thinks this is going to protect him independently, this is a major shirk, and that will exclude him from Islam. If he thinks this is only a reason, and the protector is Allah then this is a minor shirk. Still, it is not accepted, but it's not going to exclude him from Islam, yes, but still it's very dangerous. So this court is not going to protect him at all. It's not a valid reason. As we said before, in the case of hanging an amulet, as we said before, in the case of the valid reasons, yeah, someone is taking a medicine. When he takes a medicine, if he thinks this medicine by itself independently going to protect him, or cure him, this is a major shirk. If he thinks this medicine is only a reason, and the, the one who is going to cure him is Allah wa ta'ala, this is okay. Why don't we say this is a minor shirk? Because this is a valid reason. Medicine is a valid reason. So, whatever a valid reason, whether it's from Quran or Sunnah or from practical life, experiments of people, then it is fine. No problem. Someone says, if I put something on my hand, this will protect me from some kind of sickness. Put it in, from where you got this? From Quran or Sunnah? Or you got this from practical life? Is it logic? Is it medicine? Is it what? If he have a proof for that, fine. If not, we say no way. Sheikh bin Itabir, rahimallah said in his book that once he saw some people using some kind of uh, what do you call it, they put in their hand from uh, some kind of metal. And they say this is going to reduce the pain of some sickness. Now, Sheikh did not say this is b- haram or halal, but he said, is it? medically proved did the medicine prove that if you put this it has some kind of medicine goes to the body so it will affect the sickness if this is fine but if not then it is a minor shirk. so we have to be careful back again to say that we should really study and think of the case of reliance on allah and whatever contradicts reliance on allah this is the case we are talking about. Whatever the example we are having. Whether we say the amulet or other things as we mentioned. The third case that Muhammad وسلم, mentioned to Ruayfah radiyallahu anhu was to use the dung of the, the animals or the bones of the animals to wipe the human being after finishing from the battle. Somebody says, no, this is not available now. We're not doing this now. Okay, fine. We are using whatever we are using now, you know, tissues, whatever, fine, or water directly, that's another case. But that time, and maybe some other areas you will find, people are using this. Now, it is not allowed, there is another hadith telling us that this, the dung of the animals, of the human beings, are the food of the animals of the jinn. And the bones are the food of the jinn themselves. So, we are not supposed to use them in these dirty things. First. Now, what is the result of that? He said that Muhammad Sallallahu will be free of the person who does this. And if Muhammad Sallallahu is free of him, خلاص. he's out of it. He's out of it. It's a big problem. How come that the person, a Muslim says, I don't care if Muhammad Sallallahu is free of me or not? So, we have to be careful not to do these, these things. Whether they are major shirk or minor shirk or even just haram. The second point we're talking about tonight is not a hadith but it is a word of Saeed ibn Jubayr. Saeed ibn Jubayr actually, by the way, the hadith we mentioned just a few minutes ago, hadith of Rwayfi', it is Sahih, May Al Bani, Rahimah Allah, in Sahih Al Saeed ibn Jubayr is a tabi'. Saeed ibn Jubayr was born in the year of uh, 45, 46, and died in the year of 95. And he was one of the best students of Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas is a Sahabi, and his father was also a Sahabi. that's why we say, to flip. Yani when you mention a Sahabi whose father is also a Sahabi, like who? Abdullah ibn Abbas, this one case. Abdullah ibn Umar, عمر رضي الله عنهما, or حذيفة بن اليمن رضي الله عنهما, or النعمان بن Bashir, رضي الله عنهما. both of them, the son and the father are صحابة. So we say رضي الله عنهما. But if we say one Sahabi, Ali بن أبي طالب he is Sahabi, but his father is not. So we say رضي يعني yani one. That's the case. Now سعيد بن Jubayr was one of the best students of Ibn Abbas and he was really one of the strongest ones of tabi'een who was spreading the knowledge of quran and he was killed by al-hajjaj because of some troubles happened that time so he was killed by al-hajjaj and al-hajjaj after that and he made dawa on al-hajjaj before he died so al-hajjaj did not kill anybody after that he died after him however said that whoever Cut, tamima, an amulet from a human being it is like if he has freed one slave to be freedom to be free ورقبة, as we said in, in, in the Arabic hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam means a slave will be freed no he is no more slave of course, maybe we don't have slaves now but that was in that time a lot especially in the after wars so if a person is a slave and he's a Muslim, somebody is in him, that's a, a big case. It's a big case. So, to cut an amulet from someone, this is like he is freeing a slave to be free man. That's narrated by Waqee'a, rahimahullah. What is the case in here? To cut an amulet or ta'wi. And if you see someone... And you have the capability to cut this amulet, he's hanging, cut it. Especially if you are sure it is not from Quran or Sunnah. And that, of course, you will see it a lot. You will see a lot of people hanging these things, thinking that these are protecting them by itself or reason to protect. If you open this folded, knitted, taweez or amulet, you will be amazed what to find in it. You'll be so amazed, you're not going to see the Quran or Sunnah or Dua Maybe you'll find a To call dead people instead of Allah Or you'll find X, O, X, O, X, O and these things and Something does not mean anything Because it's the business yani, I, don't, I, don't, I never seen in my, my life You saw it. you people probably saw it better than me, you know you maybe you find a guy who having a uh, Baqala selling these things Is that happening? I don't know there are a way to make this as a business selling these amulets for people to hang ta'weez, hijab, yallah buy one to protect your children, buy one to protect you if you hang one in your car, you'll have no accidents if you hang one in your home, no jinni or brother or, or problems will happen to you if you don't, you'll be in trouble la ilaha illallah then we have a trouble in here we have a trouble in here muslims or weak muslims, will believe these things and they start to buy these ta'weez or these amulets and hang them in the car and this and that, why? Because their iman is weak, their faith is weak. If they have strong faith in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and they are reciting Ayatul Kursi, Qul Ahad, Qul Falak, Qul Nas, they will not really care about these things. They will not accept what these people say. That's if they were from Quran and Sunnah, actually. But actually, most they are not. Sometimes, if you open it, you find nothing, or maybe it's just any paper. And that happened in here. You know, in here. يعني, uh, these brothers who are working in al-hay'a al-hay'a usually call them volunteers. people can say salah salah in the market and so on their business is to stop these things also so when they find a man or, or uh, a woman having these ta'wee they take it from them upon this uh, words of and they open it and you will not be really you won't believe what they say. find they find everything except qal'Allah qal'a rasulullah they find everything except Quran or Sunnah. Nothing, in no, very limited time, they find Quran or, or Sunnah written in these amulets or ta'weez. Mostly anything, writing or sometimes no writing, just a paper folded and yalla, knit it. And Muslims, poor guys, they want protection. Because they lost the way, the correct way for protection. Instead of asking for protection from Allah, they go and ask for protection from these people. Some of them, they show they are Mutawwa, they are a sheik while well, they are only predictors or magicians. But. The last one we have in this chapter, last case is from Ibrahim, Rahimahullah. Ibrahim al Nakhai, one of, one of the scholars of Tabi'in, and he is one of يعني, the scholars who have done a lot on learning Islam and calling forth. And he is also another student, Abdullah ibn Abbas Abdullah ibn Abbas had a lot of students because he was teaching Qur'an and people are learning from Qur'an so they... يعني, subhanallah, what is the case to, have, to put in mind? Whenever a Muslim learns some of the deen of Muhammad وسلم, and he starts to preach it to people, convey it to people, some of his students will be better, better than him sometimes. Because they observe what he says, they add to it, and they go and make da'wah. Now, if these people are making the da'wah, these students, the sheikh himself will get better, like the same day they are doing. That's what, that's what we say. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa is having the most ajr, or good deeds, in the whole world. Why? Not because he has done it by himself, but every good Muslim now is doing any good thing, Copy of this will be for Muhammad. Also, Abu Bakr. Six of these Sahaba who were given the word to Jannah and Mubashireen to Jannah accepted Islam because of him. Now, whatever these six and whoever they call, whoever the people who are called are calling, it's not only a multiple, it's more than that. So, that's why we say da'wah. Da'wah, Ya Akhwan. Should be really done by a Muslim as much as he can. Doesn't have to be in a microphone, in a masjid, and this. No. Dawah, if you are walking in the street, do this, don't do this. JazakAllah Maybe this one word you say, you will gain a lot of agar because of it. You didn't know. That's why Muhammad said in his hadith, clear hadith, sahih hadith, even one ayah, you know it. Convey to the others, that's fantastic, you have done something, because maybe you convey to someone who knows and he is stronger than you and he will go and make a lot of conveying to the others so hundreds and thousands of people have accepted, has accepted this because of you then you are, your scale in the judgment day will be heavier, a lot heavier and you didn't know just imagine, that's what we say all, just imagine you make da'wah to someone. He was a kathar as an example. Hindu or Sikh or Christian or Jew or whoever. You make da'wah to him once, twice, three times and he accepted Islam. Now, every salah, every dua, every zikr, every stighfar, everything he is doing, you are having the same ajr like him. Without deducting from his ajr, by the way. From his ajr. His ajr is complete. But you also, that's generosity of Allah. wa Taala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most generous, he is giving you the same ajr like him. Like, what if he also called someone? Two or three guys and they accepted Islam because of him. Now these called people who accepted Islam, whenever they do a good, good deed, come with the ajr to be the first one who, the one who called them and also to you. So judgment day, people will come, those people who are working in da'wah, they will come to the judgment day they will be amazed how much good deeds they are having that they cannot do it by themselves not one person can do it mountains of ajr so they are amazed ya allah will not do this true you did not do it but it has been done because of you so you are shared with the ajr that you are given cover of the ajr so every muslim really is re- yani it is not the case dawah here is not the job of sheikh a job of, of, of da'iyah, no, every Muslim is a da'iyah in your house in your work with your colleagues just imagine you pass a pamphlet or a tape or a CD or something to the other even if, if you, I am not, you are not, or you are not you are not, you don't know what, what even even in it. but you just pass it and I told you once about that guy who was, he was working only as a security guy he is sitting in the gate of a hospital a big hospital in Riyadh. But he, what he was doing is, that he was keeping a carton full of pamphlets in every language. So every time people come, they cannot leave unless he uplifts the barrier. So before he, he goes and see, What's your language? English. Take this one. Go. Then he uplifts the, and he goes. What's your, uh, what's your language? Urdu. Yalla. Take Tagalog, Telugu, Hindi, Bengali, yallah, take. Now because of this, and for 20 years, 3,000 persons accepted Islam because of him. And he's a regular person. He doesn't have much of knowledge of Islam or anything. But he just gives. Just imagine now, how many ajar this guy is going to give. How many ajar? Allahu Akbar. Why can't I, you, and the others do it? Is it impossible? Is it that hard? Will it cost us a lot? No. At work, my colleagues, my friends, this, just carry it in your pocket, you have to take this. Somebody says, okay, well, if I do this, they start to give me a hard time, and maybe they'll shout to me, ask me questions they cannot answer, uh, maybe my manager will get angry. Do try. It. Don't put barriers before you start. Our problem sometimes is that we put the barriers before we start. All right, maybe maybe if I do this to this will happen. How will you say so? Do you know the ghaib, the unseen world? Why don't, you say, why don't you make a better expectation? If I do this, we will accept, inshaAllah. Like some of them will accept. What about Muhammad? The best person ever walked on earth. The best person who can talk. The, best, the person who was beloved by every Qurayshi that time, before da'wah. Did he, did everybody accept what he said? No. He tried and tried and people start to uh, be enemies to him and they said bad things about him, bad names so on. Maybe hurt him by rocks, by dirty things. That's natural, yeah. That's natural. Anyone who is carrying this deen must expect lots of troubles for us. But these troubles are nothing for the ajal we are going to get, to get. So this is not a job of anyone. I mean, that's the job of certain people. No, it's the job of every Muslim. Every Muslim is required to call for Islam by any means he can. Ibrahim al-Nakhai, Rahimahullah, who was born in 45 Hijriya and died in 96 Hijriya, he said that, talking about Abdullah bin Abbas and his students, that they hate, I mean, they do not like, all the amulets, whether they are from quran or from others now let's say as we said in the last time we was no problem to repeat it tonight because it's very important some people say "Yani, every amulet is refused and rejected yes it is rejected and we're not supposed to hang any amulet say so whatever from quran or Sunnah or correct dua still, and we gave the reasons the week before last week. We'll repeat it tonight. Okay, hanging an amulet is three levels. Hanging an amulet because or do ta'wiq right, but hanging this in the neck or in the hand or in the children or in the car or anything is three levels. Whether it's a major shirk, which exclude from Islam, if the person think that this amulet independently by itself will protect him from everything. Allah is not there بالله, now. So this is a major shirk. Second level. If he thinks that this amulet or ta'weez is a reason to protect him. While it is not a true reason. As I told you, for, loaded with nothing. This is a minor shirk. Not out of Islam, but he is in danger third one, if this amulet or ta'weez is loaded with Qur'an, quick dua, sunnah of Muhammad then it is only haram. Not shirk, major or minor, no, it is only haram. Why is it haram? As he is mentioned in here, Ibrahim al-Nakhii, that Ibn Abbas and his students used to dislike this to hang these amulets, even if it's from Qur'an or sunnah. Why? We gave reasons. We said that there are so many reasons to say that we're not supposed to hang amulets, even from quran and sunnah the first reason is that these hands quran or sunnah probably will be insulted especially if they are hanged on children they may pick on it maybe take it in dirty places and so on even an, an adult man or a woman who are hanging it in his neck he may not he may be He will not take it every time to go to the bathroom. He may go to the bathroom while this is already hanged with Quran and Sunnah. Which is not allowed in Islam of course. It's haram. Totally haram. Also, hanging this amulet could lead to hang something else. Not from Quran and Sunnah. Usually things are bringing the other things together. Also, third or fourth reason is that the one who is hanging Quran on his chest or his hand or so on, may depend on the ta'weeb or this amuse and does not read the quran or does not recite it at all (laughs) why do i have to recite the quran complete quran is in my chest and there are small mushaf printed you can hang it in your chest if i hang this whole mushaf why do i have to recite no need (laughs) quran is here subhanallah that's really strange and that's very dangerous so a muslim really should be careful and should be aware and take what ibrahim said about ibn abbas and his students that they usually hate and dislike to hang anything whether it's from quran or not now if i don't hang it and i think that okay today i have to do something to protect myself from evil eye from jinn from that from this from magicians and then every morning before the sun rises I will recite what Muhammad sallallahu told me to recite. Ayat al-Kursi. wal three times. Wal-A'udhul-Rabbal-Falaq three times. wal audhul three times. I'll recite, i read whatever hadith I can read. You know that Muhammad sallallahu told me to read in the beginning of the day and in, after the end of the day. In the morning, after a Fajr, after asr maghrib or even al-Maghrib, when I recite these things, then I will be protected the whole day and the whole night. Not only this, but also my heart will be closer to Allah because I'm remembering Allah more and more. The more you are remembering Allah, Allah will remember you. As He mentioned وتعالى, in the hadith Qudsi. If He remembers me in, among people, I will remember him. I'll mention His name among the malaika in the mala Al Just imagine now. Your name will be mentioned by Allah Wa Ta'ala in the seventh sky. فوق العرش. Your name? Allahu Akbar. If you remember Allah alone, Allah will remember you alone. By Himself subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more you remember, the more you are closer. That's why we say whoever loves something, he will remember Allah. People who love money they always talk about money. How to buy, how to sell, how to do this. Every time he's sitting, he tries to find people who discuss these things. Buying and selling and shares and this and that. People who love football or cricket, they always have, when they sit down, to talk about what happens in this uh, match and this match and this. Oh, he loves this. People who, who love Bollywood or Hollywood or uh, songs and so on, every time they sit, oh, okay, what's new? Oh, that's, that's such and such singer, and such and such actress did this. So he is, oh, because he loves it. So everyone who loves something, he will remember it a lot. And those who love Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, will remember Allah a lot. And no way to compare. No way. No way to compare between those people who love Allah and remember Allah and make dhikr every time in their life, whether they are standing or sitting or relaxing, as Allah told us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in His holy book allah akbar these are the people those are the ones who allah loves, who are always remembering allah and talking about allah whenever they sit down they remember allah not only in themselves but also try to call people to remember allah and istighfar and zikr and this reminds them of sunat muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam reminding them of Jannah, and nar and reminding them of judgment day yani, when he sees people are really angry of their yani, chances in this life and we will not get the chance I have been highly educated and have been this and but see these people who are not educated and they are getting better positions than me and they are getting money a lot more, a lot money, more money than me what is يعني? no, 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 wait, wait this dunya is not the measurement this dunya is not a measurement clearly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa told us in the hadith that Allah gives dunya to people who love and to people who doesn't love but he does not give deen, except to the people who subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُعْقِدْ دُنْيَا لِمَنْ أَحَبَّ وَمَنْ لَا يُحِبَّ وَلَا يُعْقِدْ دِينَ إِلَّا لِمَنْ أَحَبَّ ah. So when you see a person, he is متدين, he is a good guy, he is a good Muslim. Then you will understand that Allah loves him. Because he gave him things that not given to anybody else. But if you, say a person, if you see a person who is a millionaire Multi-millionaire, okay, he could be a good Muslim, he could be a bad guy. he could be a kafir. Who is the, the richest guy in this world now? I think Bill Gates, is he? Bill Gates. Or, 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 or. Okay. Do you think these are beloved by Allah? SubhanAllah. Subhanallah, Bill Gates is a kafir. Yani, خلاص, he's given the money that means he's, he's beloved by Allah? No. So a Muslim really always think when he sees people like this, he always tries to bring them back to Allah. Ya Habibi, Ya Afi Al-Karim, don't be angry with your chances in this life. You're losing money or you're losing children or you losing that. That's because Allah loves. Inna Allah, if Allah loves someone, He gives him tests. These tests could be losing money, could be losing health, could be losing children. These are tests because Allah wants to rise him up. And the other hadith of Muhammad said that, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta Allah Subh'anaHu Wa decides a level in Jannah for his slaves but this slave cannot reach it by his own deeds. So he gives him tests and tests problems and problems to raise him up. So don't think that if we receive tragedies in our life because we are bad and Allah hates us and we are in bad shape and this. No, no, no. These things sometimes If we really look at the correct way, we will understand that Allah loves us. But that depends on how are we going to act upon these cases. If we receive these tragedies with thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with patience, when we remember this is from Allah, so we accept it. We accept it. And we think that what Allah gives is better than what we want. Sometimes you ask Allah for things that Allah does not want to give you because it's going to hurt you if He gives you. So he doesn't give you to because he loves you. And someone, just imagine that someone is making dua on his children because they are giving him hard time and they are giving him trouble and this and this. Allah does not accept this. Allah does not allow things to happen to the children because he loves you and he wants you to wait. These children one day may become bitter Muslims, inshallah. But we are always in a rush. We want them to be ulama while they are 10 years old. It is up, eight minutes, a little Then, inshaAllah. time with time, you are, you are putting more effort on them, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them to the correct way. Be patient like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's been calling for Islam 13 years in Mecca. 30 million limited people followed him. And majority are hating him and giving him half time. Did he say, well, I'm tired. 13 years? Ya Shaykh, this? Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la will still be only a few people out of Islam me." Islam? No. He told us in the Hadith that he saw. Allah showed him Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala Judgment Day. And that's... Don't say it's impossible. That's what Allah wants to do. And he saw sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, prophets with few people and prophets with no people. No followers. النبي, النبي ليس معه أحد. No followers a messenger or a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nobody followed him. That was in Bani Israel or before. Previous, before Muhammad sallallahu So don't be in that. يعني, then again to see that after Muhammad sallallahu emigrated to Medina, he went to Hijra al-Medina, later on, thousands and thousands of people came. Just to give an example, which is one of the best examples you can find in Quran and Sunnah. The story of Al-Hudaybiyah. You heard of Al-Hudaybiyah? Al-Hudaybiyah, is a battle, not happened of course, but between Muhammad and Quraysh. When Muhammad went to Mecca from Medina, he wants to make Umrah. He did not carry any weapons, he's not coming for fighting or anything. Quraysh, refused to allow Muhammad and his followers to get into Mecca. Some Sahaba like Umar ibn al-Khattab, the other Sahaba got so angry. How come Muhammad ﷺ accept such conditions they put on him? to go back this year, no no, Umrah. So they got so angry. But Allah knows. Allah knows better, subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you read Surah Al-Fatih, which is descended after Surah the al you'll be amazed. One of the reasons you can understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his companions to get into Mecca. He told us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, this Surah. رِجَالٌ مُؤْمِنُونَ وَنِسَاءٌ مُؤْمِنَاتٌ لَمْ تَعْلَمُوهُمْ أَنْ that there are Muslims, hidden Muslims in Mecca. You Muhammad and your Sahaba do not know about them. If you get into Mecca with war, you will kill them while they are Muslims. So Allah stopped him from getting into Mecca. This is one, one reason. There are 17 reasons if you read the Surah Al-Fatih. You find 17 reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow Muhammad to get to Mecca in that year. One of the reasons also in the same ayah. ولا رجال مؤمنون ونساء مؤمنات اللهم بغير علم الله في رحمته من يشاء. بتوين صلح الحدّابي مكة إن سامثين. The people accepted Islam in this period are more, a lot more than the who Islam that. يعني صلح الحديبية was in the year the sixth year of hijra. Six plus thirteen, how many? Nineteen years. In one year and a half or something, the people who have accepted Islam are more, a lot more than the people who have accepted in 19 years. Subhanallah. Allah knows better. Allah knows the best. So he did not allow, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala did not allow Muhammad صلى الله عليه his best messenger to go into Mecca and make Umrah because he knows, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, that this is not going to be good for him. Not to be good for Islam. So he kept him from that. That's why when Umar came, came so angry to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam telling him, why you allow him to do this to us? Let's fight. He said, Sallallahu fantastic words. He said, Inna Rabbi? Rabbi? He's my Lord. He's my Lord. If he tells me anything, I'll do it. He knows better. خلاص. So he stopped. And he went back. And in this one year and a half as we said more than more than double or triple of the people who accepted islam than these 19 years before and these muslims who are hidden in mecca were not killed and so on so on so on put in mind that allah knows better put in mind that allah knows better than us no way to compare so we are doing what allah is telling us even if it is against our will against our desire we will do it because then. Just an example, small example. Think of that Does it go with our desires? No way. Everybody, you know, maybe he's, he slept at twelve or one or two o'clock in the morning, and of time is five, five o five or five o two now. Yeah, Just three hours of sleep. I'm so tired. I can't wake up. But we obey, and we leave our warm bed. We go to the masjid. We make wool and go to Masjid and make Salah. Why? Because we know the one who told us to do this is Allah, the one who created us, and He knows better about it. He knows the best for us, so we do it. We do it, even if it's against our desires. And our desires are bad sometimes. They are bad. There are bad desires for human being. As Allah tells us in His holy book in Surah Ali amran All of these things, human beings love. Especially money. Especially women. So, can I take any money? Can I take any money I can take? Riba, uh, stealing, yallah, anything I can take, yallah, take. No. No. Can I take any woman I want? Any good looking I want? No. Can I look at her even? No. These are against my desires. Yes. But I know my desires are usually, as Allah told us in his holy book, are no good. Especially if Shaitan is after. Shaitan is pushing people to the desires to make them fall into the bad way. So they will not be with Muhammad in Jannah, they will be with him in Jahannam نعوذ بالله. With the أَجْمَعِينَ he wants to make us all in the wrong way. So he, he does his best to drive us the wrong way. If we obey him, we are the plaintiff. Not anybody else. But if we say, no, wait. I, myself inside, Shaitan is there. Both of them, I refuse what they want me to do. I will do what Muhammad alayhi wa sallam. what Allah wa ta'ala before that, told me to do, so I'll obey. Even if it's against my desires, as I think, but it's good for me. It's good for me. For sure, That's no, no doubt about it. Let's close our uh, chapter number eight in this book. Alhamdulillah. Hopefully, inshallah, next week we'll start the no- number nine chapter, which is about bar- Tabarrok or asking a blessing. Inshallah, we'll be together in that hopefully next week. Any questions in this topic, please, in the beginning? I'll be happy to hear from you. In the book, Yes, yes, it's not allowed totally to take Quran, Quran is in paper with one ayah, even the name of Allah is not allowed to take it to them, some... okay, in, in the case of afraid that it's going to be taken away or robbed or whatever, then our chefs, they said, okay, it's allowed to take it, but you should not always do this. Yani, if you can avoid it, you must avoid it I yani, am um, walking the street I heard Adan. I want to go to the bathroom in the masjid but I can't take off my soap which is containing the mushaf then this is a problem, I have to, if, I do, if I do maybe I am out, not only the soap we can find so what's the case, with this? I should do this at home when I am at home, I should go to the bathroom then out, I make wudu, wear my soap or my clothes and go unless I have to, if I have to if we have to do something, we have to do that. Even in the mobile? No. Good question here. What about Qur'an Mobile? Okay, it is not counted as a It's not counted as a musha. What is in the mobile is not counted as a mushaf. No. There is not something you can touch. But you and you get some calls. Uh-huh. So it is also, and uh, the answer is just a mobile with the Quranic ayah, etc. Okay, this is... In- is, is yes. Yes. Okay. By the way, I uh, our shaykhs in here are saying clearly that it's prohibited. It's not, it's forbidden for a Muslim to put an ayah as a ringtone. Or a hadith as a ringtone. Or even a du'a as a ringtone. This is prohibited because as you say this is one of the reasons to say that maybe your mobile will ring while you are in the bathroom and the citation of quran will be there which is really not allowed so what should i do make a music no even this one make a regular ring tune which is not because as you can hear now sometimes in the message you are praying then you hear somebody there huh have this uh, strange dancing music it's not only and uh, the dance sometimes that's why we say it's very dangerous what happened to the Christians when they made their church like only a dancing area. They bring people, in order to bring them to the church, they make a party and they bring good, good looking girls and some music, slow dance and so on. Ya just come to the church. No, our masjid is diverse totally. This is a message that based Allah, based Allah, based Allah should be respected from anything. Not only from music, but even for, from discussion or anything to, talking about dunya. This masjid or the masjid, the faithful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, should be respected totally when we come to it, as Muhammad told us, when we get into the masjid, we do not sit down unless we make it to rak'at. Tahiyyya masjid. Greeting of masjid. Clear hadith of Muhammad, S. I don't know why some people, they don't do this. I have noticed some brothers, they come in and they sit down. Muhammad S. clearly said this in Al-Bukhari, by the way. إذا دخل أحدكم المسجد فلا يجلس don't sit down حتى يصلي ركعتين. that means we are respecting the masjid so we don't sit, even sit down unless we moment. say like what if it's in the time after العصر which is prohibited time for salah even though even though even if it's the time prohibited for salah like after al-Asr to Maghrib, this is not allowed for any salah but this is called a reasonable or a reason prayer like salah to janazah you do it after, all, after all. no problem. Even if it's not allowed to do any salah, but this is a reasonable because the janat is there. You leave it there until the Maghrib? Mushkidah, no. So, whenever you get into the Masjid, anytime in the morning or in the evening, whatever, you do two rak'ahs and you sit down. That's what we say to respect the Masjid. Some people the and talking in the Monday. is it No, it's not allowed. So most of the people talking. What if most people drink alcohol, we do, we say it salam? And people that believe it after the iqama after the iqama between the iqama also they are... Wrong. This is wrong. And they have Subhanallah. <laughs> <or after? laughs> have you seen Karl Marx's picture? Have you seen Karl Marx's picture? Karl Marx doesn't much beer. doesn't mean like, beer. Beer is not every, all Islam is beer. Beer is required, yes. The sunnah of Muhammad SAW, yes. It's respected, yes. But it's not all the D. Deen is a big thing, Ya Habibi. Deen, is, deen of Muhammad is a big thing, including the beard. Not the beard, not the deen is included in the beard. The beard is one of it, and it's required. And we say that whoever shaves his beard, he is refusing the order of Muhammad because there are 31 correct hadith telling us to, allow, to leave our beard, not to touch it. But this is not all the deen. This is part of the deen. So if this guy is having a big beard and he's making wrong, even worse because he is insulting the beard he is carrying by these ring tones or by this talking during the Salah are people, are people making of beard people and not, these people are all their example is wrong also they are not to make they are not allowed to make example of these people because they are having the beard that's a problem here that's why you find a lot of jokes and a lot of insulting of these mutawai who say saying Salah Salah Directly, whenever they find any mistake, Oh, this is easier. Ah, Huh, is doing this. So, bin is a human being. He makes mistakes like the others. One mutawwaj is the only one who you, one of the others, they make everything, that they do care. a kharban, you. That <laughs> <laughs> that's... Ah, That's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Man. Subhanallah, by the way, beard, this is one of our sheikhs, he was saying, one of the benefits of the beard is that does not allow you to go to bad places. If you have a beard, you don't go to bad places. You, you can't because, subhanallah, even if you try, people will not allow you. So, alhamdulillah, beard will really stop you from going to the bad places. Yani, especially in the areas where there are bad places like the, uh, bars or these things. They will not stop. Maybe. <laughs> See you inshallah next week. Yes. You can start then Muslim with with Islam, depends on if he is under Dawa. But if he is merely an alien with Islam and he's showing this thing you're not supposed to